This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Whether you're home or away, stay connected to your team with T-Mobile, the network that covers 99% of people in America. They've been investing billions to light up their best network ever. From your backyard to a sold-out stadium, get T-Mobile's best coverage yet. Plus, with T-Mobile, you get a price lock guarantee, so they won't raise the price of your rate plan. There's never been a better time to switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Coverage not available in some areas. Price lock for current on-network rate plan. Talk, text, and data on qualifying line for new accounts. See exclusions and details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Of course, coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy. Uh, feel free to follow everyone on social. E Giddings 10, Mark Grandy with a C, Grandy with an I, at 415ers, Twitter, uh, Insta, all that good stuff. As we turn our attention now to the game itself, Mark, this, this, is, this is a big game. I mean, it feels like, look, every single year you get down the stretch of a season, each game becomes larger than the last. Uh, but of course, going up to Seattle, a place that the 49ers have not had a ton of success of in recent years, I believe the last time they won in Seattle was 2019. Um, they have a chance to clinch the NFC West against a team that, I mean, throughout the last decade or so has been quite easily their biggest rival. And I know some people, myself included, wrote them off a bit this year. But to me, it's returned to that level of game because of what's at stake because of the Seahawks playing with a sense of desperation coming off of a loss at Carolina. They lost actually, I believe the last two games, the last two games at Lumen field and the 49ers are obviously going on the road with Brock Purdy for the first time in a hostile environment. So it's a five fifteen kick on Thursday. Uh, it's a chance for everyone to watch, you know, to lock in on, on Amazon prime and, you know, however you, however you want to watch the game. Uh, but to me, Mark, this is, this is going to be a very interesting matchup and one in which I, I don't necessarily feel that confident in the 49ers in this matchup. We'll dig into it, but how do you feel at a glance? Uh, you know, maybe we'll look back in, in a couple of days from now and, and say what I said is foolish, but I am extremely confident in the Niners chances in, in this one. I think obviously I think Seattle, they're kind of fighting for their lives at this point. They're seven and six, 
the the playoffs are murky now for them. You mentioned they've lost consecutive games at home. They've lost three of four overall. Remember, they lost to Tampa Bay in Germany uh, about a month ago now. Uh, they had a bye week. They lost at home to the Raiders, that incredible Josh Jacobs game where he had that walk-off, what, 80-yard touchdown run in overtime. They followed that up uh, with a win against the Rams in a really competitive ball game on the road, and then they came home last week, as, as you talked about, that loss to Carolina. So they've lost three of four, and they're seven and six. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Um, of course, they're also fighting for their lives in the NFC West. If they want to win the NFC West, they need to win this game. I don't think that's really much of their concern at this point. They are not trying to win the NFC West. They're trying just to make the playoffs. Um, so all that said, I think the Seahawks probably have a little more to play for in this game than the 49ers, simply because the Niners are in a position to where they could drop a game or two and and still perfectly be in the postseason and, and even win the NFC West. Not to say the Niners aren't eager to win this game. Of course they are. And then, you know, the, the series history, it's been dominated by the Seahawks. You talked about that as well. I mean, you just look at the numbers at one point. Uh, I, mean, I have the number here somewhere. The Seahawks, here it was. The Seahawks were 17 and three in their last 20 against the 49ers before this season. The Niners got that win uh, earlier this year, uh, 27 to seven. But before that, the Seahawks, 17 and three including a 10-game winning streak at one point over the 49ers. This has been a Seattle-dominated series of late, which I think that also then factors into the Niners and and, and maybe their, uh, I don't know, eagerness to, to get a win in this game as well. But despite all of that, despite the Seahawks playing for their lives, Evan, I'm confident. I think simply the Niners are a better team, even without Debo Samuel, even with a, a quarterback making his first career road start. I think the Niners, they're, they're, they're better defensively. They're better offensively, despite the fact that Geno Smith is playing at a Pro Bowl level. We'll talk more about that. But I'm confident in this game. I, I hope I'm not returning to, to this moment in the pod in a couple of days and, and uh-huh. regretting what I said. But I'm confident of the Niners in Seattle. It's something that few people have said over the last decade or so. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. And I think a big part of that is how Seattle has looked lately and how, of course, the Niners have looked lately. Yeah. Uh, But to me, the reason why I would be worried about this game if I were the Niners is because of the things that you mentioned. And that is Seattle has more to play for. Like their season arguably is on the line in this game because of the rest of the NFC, because of them having still a chance to determine their own playoff destiny. Maybe not for the division, but that's also part of it, too. The Niners can lose this game and still have a leg up in the division. To me, this game means more for Seattle, and it's going to be a team that is ultimately desperate in every single sense of the mat- of the word. Another part, too, which is look, Seattle offensively has scored a lot of points. I think that will regress against the Niners' defense. Seattle does give up a lot of points, but they're also getting a couple of guys back this week, hopefully at this point, that we're assuming will be ready for Thursday. Defensively, Al Woods, a nose tackle. Decent run stopper. That'll help them. He's been banged up with an Achilles. Shelby Harris is also a maybe with an illness defensive end that adds some depth outside. But the guy is Kenneth Walker for Seattle, who appears to be probable for this Thursday's game. And he did not play against Carolina. When Seattle has Kenneth Walker, when he had to essentially take over duties as a rookie out of Michigan State for Rashad Penny, who went down after week five, Kenneth Walker and his starts, Seattle's five and two. Like, they 
play complementary offensive football, of course, with Geno Smith, who I want to get into, but with Kenneth Walker in the backfield, they are a different offense. And against a 49ers team that, look, is great against the pass, is great against the run, doesn't allow a lot of points. This is also a Seahawks team that has been in the top 10 this year on third down. They are opportunistic, but they also have weapons that can beat you individually on the outside with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think those are both good one-on-one receivers. And I don't know if the 49ers have faced, again, all of that combined with a team as desperate as Seattle. I would even argue a few weeks ago in the big matchup with Miami that that was a bigger game to me for the 49ers than the Dolphins. I think this week the game is bigger for Seattle. That's why I would be a little bit scared if I were the Niners. I hear you. Um, you know, desperate teams are dangerous, but when you consider the talent gap, and I know that this is a, a talented Seattle team. I mean, their offense, you, you ran through some of the names, their, their receivers, Kenneth Walker, rookie running back out of Michigan state. He's phenomenal. If he closes out the season, well, he, he could potentially win the offensive rookie player of the year. Uh, there's a couple other guys up there as well. But, I mean, this is one of the most explosive offenses in the league, 108 explosive plays, which is uh, defined as 16-plus yard passes or 12-plus or yard rushes, fifth most in the NFL behind, you know, the elite offenses in the game, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, then Seattle, top five in explosive plays. In terms of percentage of their plays that are explosive, you know, you, you can kind of weed out some of the, the offenses that have simply ran more plays and therefore are going to have more explosive plays. Seattle, third best explosive play percentage this year behind Miami and Kansas City. You could probably make a case those are two of the best offenses in the league. Uh, you look then as well at, at some of the other numbers. Fewest three and outs in the league this year. San Francisco is actually number one with 17, but Seattle is fourth with 20. That's a really impressive number for the Seattle Seahawks. So in in more ways than just looking at how many points they score, how many yards Geno Smith is throwing for, Kenneth Walker and his rushing totals, this is a really good offense. But where the 49ers have a gigantic advantage and maybe more of an advantage than they've had against almost anyone else this season, the Seattle Seahawks can simply not stop the run. They are so incredibly porous against the run this year. 31st in the NFL, second to last, allowing over 160 yards per game on the ground. We talk a lot about the 49ers and their magic number. They want to get into the 30s, rushing the ball. When they get into the 40s, they are physically incapable of being beat. The Niners should be able to run the ball all Thursday night long in Seattle. If they do that with Christian McCaffrey, And with Jordan Mason, who looked really good for the 49ers in relief of McCaffrey late in games, they will have no problem winning this game. Seattle cannot stop the run. The Niners are great at that. That is the go-to for Kyle Shanahan. If it works on Thursday, which it should against this defense, the Niners will win the game. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Those are all fair points, and I'm totally with you. Like, I'll even take it a step further. Not only has the run defense been as bad as you just mentioned, but recently it's been even worse. The last three games, they have given up 225 yards per game on the ground. Like, they have been turnstiles on the defensive line. They cannot stop the run, which is why... I don't. I, I guess we'll do it now. I kind of have. A, not, not like. I don't think it's a bold prediction, Mark. Maybe it is. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I know we've discussed wanting to load manage some of the skill position players to make sure that they're ready for the postseason. To make sure they're ready for go time. Well, this Thursday it is go time, Mark, because the Niners. As much as I believe that this is a bigger game for Seattle, San Francisco would obviously love to win this game. Will do everything it can to win this game to make sure that the last four games of the season are not as pressure-filled. So if they want to wrap up the division on Thursday at Lumen Field against the Seahawks, Christian McCaffrey will be a workhorse. He will need to be a workhorse. Now, this might be counterintuitive depending on how you've kind of seen Shanahan use or not use McCaffrey the last couple of weeks. He has ran 25 times this season once and he was the mem- he was still a member of the Carolina Panthers. I think he will run the ball 25 times if not more against the Seahawks on Thursday. Now, he has ran it 18 times against the Rams. He ran it 17 times against the Dolphins. I think that number gets jacked up especially with a lot of first half touches to try and get ahead of this Seattle team allow the defense to pin their ears back. It starts with McCaffrey, and I think it starts on the ground with what you just mentioned, how terrible they have been against the run. To me, this will be a CMC number 23 heavy game for the 49ers. Brock Purdy's first road game, he's going to need someone to rely on, and that will be turning and handing the ball to Christian McCaffrey. 25 touches on the ground at least on Thursday for CMC. 25 on the ground. How many catches do you think he's getting? Is he going to get over 30 total touches? It's looking that way, Mark. Uh, I mean, he does have some success in his career, especially recently against Seattle. 412 scrimmage yards in yards in two career games against the Seahawks. It's, of course, over 200 per game. Four total touchdowns in those two games. So he is uh, no stranger to beating up the Seahawks. He also is has over 145 scrimmage yards, two straight weeks. He could do that for a third straight week. He's also approaching a pretty impressive milestone, Evan. He has 425 career catches. Christian McCaffrey does. He can surpass Roger Craig, who had 434 in his illustrious career, for the most catches by a running back in their first six seasons in NFL history. Unlikely to happen Thursday, you probably don't expect nine catches to tie Roger Craig, 10 to pass him. But certainly, assuming health and knock on wood, he will break that number this year before his sixth season comes to an end, which would be a, a phenomenal mark for Christian McCaffrey to pass Roger Craig for catches in their first six seasons in the NFL. But to your point, against an extremely porous run defense, he can go a long way for the 49ers in helping determining determine a victor. I, I, maybe I would steer away from the touches part of this thing, but I would say if Christian McCaffrey is held under 100 total scrimmage yards in this game, the Niners probably lose. They need him to have a 
at least a decent game for his standards, which is over 100 yards from, you know, scrimmage, not just on the ground, but including, uh, you know, the, the the receiving yards. If he's over 100, Niners have a pretty good chance. But if the Seahawks can keep him under that threshold, I think there's a very good chance they come out victorious in this one. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that they hold Christian McCaffrey under 100 yards. Probably like, not. I, now, but to me, and the reason I, I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. Now, I know that doesn't really happen against the Niners defense all too often, but Geno Smith has thrown two or more touchdowns in seven straight games, regardless of results. Like he can light up a scoreboard. The issue is that the Seahawks defense on the other side has not been able to hold any team for the most part below 25. And the Niners, apparently under Brock Purdy, uh, have found a new way to put up large amount of points. By the way, the San Francisco 49ers defense has allowed just one game with two or more passing touchdowns in their last six across this winning streak. Um, Geno Smith, to me, is like, I, I don't know how good he is or isn't for his career, but this year he is playing damn good football. And I think combined with the fact that it'll be a short week, it'll be tough conditions for the 49ers, um, I also just think that like, there's there's something about Seattle. And look, I, maybe Brock Purdy proves me wrong, Mark. But there's something about Seattle that has been just a little bit haunted for the 49ers. And the other thing statistically, too, that I've been looking at, Mark, like we talked the first, I think it was the first seven weeks of the season about how the 49ers defense could not create turnovers, just could <laughs> not do it for whatever reason. Well, they've done it 13 times in their last five games alone, or maybe 12 times, I apologize. But either way, they have been a significant plus in the turnover differential category, including the last three weeks in which they've forced multiple. To me, that's going to regress a little bit this week against the Seahawks team that does a pretty decent job at taking care of the football. And Geno Smith, who largely has been pretty decent at not giving other teams other chances. I think the 49ers are still pull up, put up, put up points, but to me, the turnover differential win that the Niners have basically penciled in each of the last six weeks or six games, I should say, uh, will come to an end. Yeah. Since week eight, the Niners have registered 12 takeaways. That's, that's a gigantic number. And suddenly they're up to plus six turnover differential this season, which is tied for the fourth best mark in the NFL Seattle, to your point, not bad in, in that number, that area either. They're top 10 plus two on the season. They force a, a ton of fumbles and uh, their rookie corner, Tariq Woolen, who if it weren't for Sauce Gardner would probably be the runaway defensive player of the year. I know Aiden Hutchinson for, for the Lions has been pretty good as well. Yeah, Sauce rookie, Gardner, yeah. Yeah, sorry, rookie defensive player of the year. Uh, Sauce Gardner is, is running away with that thing. He's been incredible for Robert Sala and the Jets. But Tariq Woolen, really good. Six interceptions, tied for the lead in the NFL, and he's just a rookie. Also 13 passes defensed. That's top 10 in the NFL. As a team for Seattle, they have forced 17 fumbles this year. Forcing 17 fumbles this season. That is tied for the top mark in the NFL along with the Dallas Cowboys. So they're really good at enforcing fumbles. And in fact, another rookie corner, Kobe Bryant, alongside Tariq Woolen, he's forced four fumbles individually, which is also tied for first among individuals in the NFL. So they have uh, some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And, and you talk about Geno Smith. I want to get out this, this really kind of mind-blowing Geno Smith stat here really quick. I know we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, so Geno Smith, he started this year tying the NFL record 
with 12 consecutive games, completing 60% of his passes with an 80-plus passer rating. Each previous player that did that went on to win the MVP award that year. The others to do it, Aaron Rodgers in 2011, Peyton Manning in 2009, and Steve Young in 1992. That streak probably ends. I I don't think Geno Smith is going to win the MVP, but it just kind of puts into perspective the season he's having because it's really easy to just write it off and say, well, it's Geno. He's having a good year, sure, but he's not incredible. Um, But but he's having a fantastic season. Yeah, I also do think that he has had some help from having great weapons, solid running game. Uh, One thing to note, though, however, Geno Smith has been sacked the sixth most times in the NFL this year. So the 49ers defense might be able to get after him a little bit. I do want to get to our predictions before we get out of here, Mark, just a couple of minutes left in the 415ers podcast right before the 49ers take on the Seahawks. I've kind of alluded to it, Mark, but I think this is a tough spot for the 49ers. And we've seen some teams that are inferior late in the year in these Thursday night short week matchups at home be able to do a decent job of taking advantage of their opponents. So I want to say that I'm going to take the Seahawks in this game to win. I think they get it done barely at home, but I also want to give you the opportunity in a couple of minutes um, to give your prediction. I would say 27, 24 is going to be my prediction. Uh, Grandy is on the move right now. And so we'll have an opportunity to vamp here in this episode, but basically the reasons why and we've kind of touched on all of them, I think this is a tough spot for the 49ers. They have a lot of momentum, six wins in a row. So I think they're due for a bit of regression. I think the turnover differential will come back to close to even, if not in favor of Seattle team that is Mark laid out is opportunistic in its takeaways. And I also think that with Geno Smith offering enough of a dual threat against a 49ers defense that has struggled with dual threat quarterbacks this season and taking care of the football, that that will be just enough to overcome how terrible their run defense has been to overcome the weapons on the San Francisco 49ers spot side minus Debo Samuel and overcome Brock Purdy, who has been a wonder kid so far in his first, we'll call it two starts official one. Um, His first game on the road, I think is going to be a tough test for him. And that's all of which together why I would give Seattle the slight edge. I'll take the Seahawks at home 27 to 24. Interesting. Thanks for sticking with me there, Evan. Yeah, I just uh, I got booted out of the studio I was in by uh, Ray Ratto. So we can we can blame Mr. Ratto. I know. Right. Uh, (laughs) So podcast on the move in a a little uh, auxiliary studio on the side right now. But interesting pick. I think the Niners come out on top in this one Um, again. talked about reasons to be confident i think it's the run game you mentioned touches for christian mccaffrey that's certainly something to keep an eye on in this one i'll go niners coming out on top 24 to 17 in this game uh they beat seattle i i think they're going to be up by two scores for much of this game seattle gets a score late to get within one score but the niners defense don't let them get a second to, to tie the game and try to force overtime i think niners come out on top 24 to 17 is the final and I think the Niners, uh, for the second time in a, in a handful of years, remember the 2019 regular season ended in Seattle with the Niners winning when Dre Greenlaw tackled Jacob Hollister at like the one-inch line to win that game, to claim the one seed in the NFC, and to win the NFC West all in that one play. I think the Niners will be celebrating on the uh, grass of Lumen Field in Seattle as uh, NFC West division champions once again, 24-17. to 17. 
So Mark has got the Niners covering. He also has the under. I believe the Seahawks will cover and also win the game. But I, I'm also taking the over in this one. One nugget I was looking at, I think the Seahawks are eight and five to the over this year. Ooh. Kind of interesting. A um, little bit a re- little bit better at home. But we will, of course, check in after the game on Thursday night. We appreciate you tuning into this episode of the 415ers podcast. Download, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a 415ers production brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. I'm Evan Giddings. That's Mark Grandy. We'll talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.